the Lord today. Isn't God good? I did love seeing, we had people in every wing and everything. That one was full, and we had some people in this one, and these were all full. 175 plus last, I mean, that's awesome. And we had like 20 people raise their hand to give their heart to Jesus, not counting what happened online. Uh, so we were just honored, really honored. But God is so good. How many like to laugh? I like to laugh, and I think it's medicine, and in the world we live in today, we need some more laughter. Do you know why crabs don't share their food? Because they're shellfish. I thought it was cute. <laughs> I get that from a great source. I'm not going to tell you who gives me those wonderful jokes, John, but I appreciate it. I really do. <laughs> we did a great, we had a great time at youth last Thursday night. So if you're a student, you'd love to come. This is what we did, just to give you a kind of a brief overflow of that. I wanted to teach them about hearing the voice of God. And, you know, in the world today, there's all kinds of voices talking to you, all kinds. And, uh, and so what we did is we had the students, uh, we had them here, and we blindfolded one. They each took turns at it, and then there's one student that could give them direction. Everybody else was not to give them direction. They, there was one student that's going to tell them what to do, and they had paint. And then they, the, the person blindfolded didn't pick the picture, but the student that was giving them direction picked a picture from like four or five simple objects. One was a star, one was a light bulb, one was a, like a Shazam, you know, lightning bolt and something else, maybe a fish. I, I can't remember what they all were, but they picked one. The person blindfolded didn't know what it was, so when I said go, they had three minutes. They couldn't see where the paint was, they couldn't see what color they couldn't see any of that. The person giving them instruction had to say, okay, the paint is on your left. You need to take your brush, and you need to do that, and then you need to make a straight line across your paper. The whole time, all the other people are going, no, you make a circle. That's not it. And they were yelling at him, telling them the opposite direction of anything the person trying to tell them what to do. And they were laughing so hard. We lost some of our voices during that time, but it was so much fun. And, and afterwards, the discussion was this. Could you hear the person giving you instruction? And one of the students said, I had, to, I was, everybody was screaming in my ear. I mean, there was somebody down in front of one of them was just doing that Tarzan thing. Just, I mean, it was nuts. They said, I couldn't hardly do anything. And another student said, I had to block out all the other voices and try to hone in on the one person that was supposed to give me instruction. I thought, isn't that something? That's the point of the whole lesson. How do we block out all the voices and just hear the one? Sometimes you have to put effort with it, my friends. You have to just say, okay, what is the one that's going to bring me life? And they got, we got pictures of their, <laughs> their artwork. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to get those and post some of those from time to time so you guys can see it. I, I should have been proactive and had some of them up there. But we had such fun. And this Thursday, we're meeting again, 7 o'clock, 7 to 8.30. I'll get you out of here at 8.30. And uh, I know you have school, if you have homework or whatever. You know, we're not trying to keep you long. We start uh, at 7. You hang out for a few minutes. Uh, and then we go into either the games or whatever. But eventually, we're going we're gonna to believe for a youth band. And, uh, and I'm believing for somebody to do youth, and I can just help oversee it. Now, although these are my peeps, I do love them, but I don't believe God wants me to do it forever. I have my plate is pretty full as it stands right now, but I do enjoy the students. They are awesome. Well, today we start a new series. I'm going to let you see the bumper. If you haven't seen it already, I want you to see it. We advertised it last week, and we'll get going. Somebody, 
say, I'm in. All right, now listen, this is entitled, the only reason I'm using the enemy's name because he's in the book and we need to know who he is. I'm not trying to give him recognition other than to say he's under your feet and he's a defeated foe. But so many of us, we need to understand our authority. We need to understand what we can do. And so this series is going to just make it really easy for us to go, oh, that's how that works. That's my whole deal. I want to find out how it works. I like knowing stuff, and, and, and that's a great thing, but can it, will it work for me? Does it apply to me? How does it change my life? That's what I want to know. So here we go. We start our new series. What is our authority in Christ? Not today, Satan. It's the believer's authority. In all the years of ministry, I talk to people about what they want. They'll come up for prayer, and they go, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. They want whatever they're dealing with, whatever sickness they have, situations to be gone or over. That's what they want. And I get it. We all want that. I mean, we just had, I just said, where's Andy? I saw Andy. Andy, are you in? Oh, you're in the nursery. Andy, you're in the nursery. Hi, Andy. Okay. She's in the nursery. But just to give you an idea, she's on a dream team. She helps take care of your children. She said this morning, she said, I, I, I want prayer. I said, why? She said, because I have pain. I said, okay. It, where? She said, in, in her knees. And so I asked her, I said, do you want the pain to be gone? And this is, was her answer. She goes, duh. I mean, don't you feel that? She's almost like, why are you even asking me? No, I'd like more pain. Please, give me more. No. So she says, no, I don't want, yeah, I don't want pain. Well, here's the reason. Because, you know, I want to do what Jesus does, don't you? And sometimes we don't do what Jesus did because we don't do what Jesus did. But Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? Seems pretty evident, like to see. But here's the deal. There, there's something that happens when we recognize the need and where we go to get it met. I'm going to say that one more time. We recognize what we need and where we go to get it met. I'm not the healer. I have delegated authority to heal, but it's given to me by my Father in heaven. Jesus got it for me. So when I told her that, I said, do you believe that? You? She said, yes. I said, so the pain in your knees is a violation. It's not supposed to be there. She goes, right. Well, then we pray and it goes. She said, okay. So we prayed. I said, no, stand up. She stood up and she goes, hey, this is a lot better. That's how it works. We're going to explain all of that. But people say, I want this to be gone. I get it. And sometimes there's things that are stubborn, aren't they? And we've figured out, we've talked about our faith, and we've talked about we have the measure, but what we've also let in is doubt and unbelief because it didn't happen the way we wanted it to or we let something else in. And we have to drain that doubt and unbelief. But this is what I tell them. You're the one that has the authority. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have that measure of faith. You can believe just what Jesus said. You resist the devil and he'll flee from you. James 4, 7 says this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, this may be the number one thing that people get mixed up about or mistaken in. They know God can do anything. But they don't know that he has done it already. Or they don't believe it. They believe he has power to do it, but evidently he's not doing anything. So they come to God saying this. God, please, please, please help me. And they don't see any results immediately. They take it personally. Then they think God's mad at them. He's disappointed. They're not good enough. So they just sit, wait on God. Truth is, he's waiting on you. So I want to show you some things in this whole series, and we're going to be doing it for a little while, stuff that'll slap religion in the face, if you will. You ever been around some place, and you're just like, they just need slapped. <laughs> I'll stop there. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> but I do believe in... Church, I do believe that it is the foundation, it is an institution that God put. 
and that we are God's agents. The church is actually the people. This is just a building. But I believe the church is supposed to be here. We are the church. And there needs to be a voice heard from the church that says it's different than what they see everywhere else. We don't have to act like the world because we're not supposed to be like the world. They have enough of that. They need something that's different, that has great answers. They see fruit from it. You see, we've tried, man has got a hold of stuff and we botch it up, we mess it up. We try to change it to our way and that's where there's issues. We, we've taught and I've learned in, in church, well, God is sovereign and he does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, whenever he wants. God is sovereign, but he does everything by the book. And he has written it in his book and he doesn't just arbitrarily say, okay, I'm not doing that rule anymore, I'm gonna do this. That's not how he works. There are laws that he put in place. He does not break his own word. We, we know God is sovereign, but he set up his word and he keeps his word. He is not a man that he should lie. He will not change and he will not overstep his own rules and boundaries. That is why he has delegated authority to you and me as believers in Christ. And most of believers don't understand that. It sounds good, but we don't practice it. We don't take that in. So God is not letting the devil ruin your life. We are doing that. Because we don't exercise the authority that is given to us. In my house, wherever we have been, if I hear a noise, I never turn to my wife and go, Hey, ninja, get up and see what that is, will you? I never do that to her. She never has to worry about that. Have, how many men in here have ever walked their house with a baseball bat yeah, or a loaded gun? <laughs> the hands. <laughs> you know, just because you heard something or something doesn't seem right. I have to exercise my authority. I don't just shy away. I have to be who God has created me to be. God has given us that authority. We have been given power and authority over the devil. Now, I'm going to tell you as we go into this series, it's going to rub some people the wrong way. It's going to go against the grain because we have been taught different things all our lives. But I would rather give you the truth and let you see it. And listen, anything I teach you, you, you put it up against the word of God. If it's not, don't do it. But if you find that it's in here and that's what it is, that's what we do. It's truth and it works. Help me, somebody. Are you here today? If, if you have the truth and you get the truth, sometimes you see something you've never seen it that way before and you go, all this time. I wish I would have known that. Well, we could have, but you know, like in the bumper, some of us, have, did you see on the couch, there was a bag of chips in the corner? I always wondered, what kind of chips were those? Is that wrong? Are those salt and vinegar kettle chips? Does anybody not just love those? Come on. Jesus would eat. I was making some chicken the other day, grilled it, and made my own barbecue sauce, and I was calling my dad to give him a hard time, say, hey, guess what I'm doing? He's like, oh, that's not right. And I said, Jesus is here eating it with me. Wait a minute, he's got some stuff in his beard. And dad's just laughing because I'm just, you know, just having a good time. But, you know, sometimes we've just been lazy, We just didn't get into the word. We get into everything else. What if we got into the word and made it number one? The truth sets us free. One of the most important things the Lord has shown me is the authority we have. Sometimes I just really didn't realize it because it's easy in a society that likes everything easy to pass the buck. Well, God didn't do this. Well, it's not my job. Pretty obvious that we're in a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word, wiles, it means cunning, craftiness, deception, lies is what it's saying. Satan doesn't have any power against you or against me if we're followers of Christ, and I'm going to show you that. But we got to, like, where did he get his power? He didn't get it from God. You say, well, Skippy, where'd he get it? He got it from you and me. 
Now, when I was growing up, there was a sitcom where a little guy's name was Arnold. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> he got it from you and me. We gave it to him. If you stay with me, I'll prove it. But we can take back what the enemy has stolen. Now, the world looks at stuff like this. They look at churches. Is the preacher entertaining? Yeah, I can be entertaining, I reckon. I'm ornery, I'm funny. I'm entertainment for heaven half the time, I think. But don't you stay here because I'm just silly. I'm also I'm giving you truth, but part of my personality, it's, it's no wonder I was the class clown. But... All that being said, moving right along, um, I'm also giving you truth because I want you to sit here and go, I got it. Because when you leave here, if I can put the cookies where you can get them and you can say, that will work. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, anything in this book will work. And the enemy wants to get you to stop. The word of God is preached uncompromisingly here. And we make no apologies for that. Now, Kim and I will cheer you on. We want to be your cheerleaders. We want you to succeed. We want you to put your hand to and it be blessed because the word says that. But you got a part to play. I want you to get you to use your head on these truths and then put them into practice. And it will change your life. we got to stand against the wiles of the devil, the deception, the cunning, the craftiness, the lies of the devil. He doesn't have any power against you. Kim and I were just talking just last night, and the enemy just throws, just bombards lies. But he overplays his hand because sooner or later, he says something that gives him away that is totally contrary to this. If it's contrary to this, it's not God. And that's how you know. I'm going to show you things from the Word of God and Put light on the situation because light uncovers darkness. And the only power the enemy has against you is the stuff that we give him or he has deceived us and we've bought into it. But if we uncover that and you see, even if you've been doing it wrong the whole time and like, I can't even believe this. Let me, let me give you a, a, a silly example. It's a silly example. Just say it's silly funny that you should mention silly but i'll go ahead and tell you we just had easter most everybody has at easter ham how many people had ham on easter i mean yeah see yeah i mean everybody loves ham it's, it's awesome uh, okay but there was this recipe that was passed down from generation to generation and the one daughter says mom you're going to teach me how to make great grandma's ham she said, yep, so they got a ham. She cut off the end of it and said this, and we put it in here and put it in here. She said, well, why do, why do you cut off the end of it? She said, that was well, the way my mom did it. It's the way her mom did it. It's the way her mom's mom did it. So they did a little history, and they were all for years, never ate the end of the ham. They said, well, I don't get it. Is there something wrong with you? This is the reason why. Five generations or whatever before cut it off because they didn't have a big enough pan. And it wouldn't fit. So they cut it off. And so it was passed down as, that's just no good. You can't eat that part. Well, they, you know, obviously you find the truth. They started saying, get a bigger pan. Make it work. Once we find the truth, you break deception's power and you get what? You get free. Once you see the truth, you get free. Once you know it's lies, you don't believe it anymore, and it loses its grip on you. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. Because when it's revealed, you know now, if it's coming from the word, what is really true. The only truth you know is what makes you free. If you don't know it, you can't get free. Do you understand that? And the only way you're going to know it is to get into the word. You've got to find what the word is saying about your situation. And if you want freedom, that's where you find it. 6.12 of Ephesians, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Those four things are mentioned here, and they're all from the enemy. 
you know, so a lot of times we, it's, in a way, it's not really people we're dealing, dealing with. We're dealing with spiritual things, but yet we are yet dealing with people because the spiritual things are influencing the people we're dealing with. And there's people that are led by demonic powers, and they've been given an inroad, and they go to work through them. Now, just to bring this message on authority, I'm telling you, the enemy's not happy, and I'm glad he's not happy because I have truth. And God always trumps the enemy. And so as I apply that word to my life, the enemy is already lost. Jesus already went to the cross. He's not going back. The, the sin, the debt has already been paid. Forgiveness has already been given. I just have to apply it to my life. Help me. And when I apply it, then all of a sudden I'm now coming under that, that anointing and umbrella and covenant of God. Just know that the enemy, just like God, uses people. We have to have the whole armor on at times. Staying like Psalm 91, covered under the shadow of the Almighty. There are people out there and sometimes they don't mean to be wrong towards you or whatever. But you have to be on guard. You still have to love them. See, that's the hard part, isn't it? There's people that you, you, you like, but you don't want to go on vacation with them. Because... We have to be able to stand up against the demonic forces that are coming against us. And you can. They're trying to stop the force of God. They're trying to lie to you with the wiles of the enemy to deceive you that you can't. You're not strong enough to stop this. I got news for you. I'm not, but in Christ, I am. Because it is, it is in him. It is him that is standing up and saying, oh, yeah. Jesus is is not going to force his way and authority in your behalf. You have to exercise that authority. You have to say, I, I yield to the authority of God. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. If you're not submitted to God, he doesn't have to resist you. I do believe God has big plans for this church from what he's shown me. When I drive by here, I speak blessings on the parking lot, the entire property, the contents in it, you folks that are in it, every seat filled, people lined up outside the door before service even starts, just hungry for what God is doing. People coming in here that have demonic, and just getting set free. People that are needing healing, walking out of wheelchairs. I wanna see all of that, and I believe we will see that because the truth will be preached. And people need truth. God's glory will pour out, and you and I will be used in mighty ways. There have been times when it's just a declaration. You maybe are saying things, and it's good to say declarations. I just state it as a matter of fact, or I just say it, and it becomes repetition. I get it. There's also times I've gotten where it's not just something I'm saying. I have declarations I say every day, but have you ever gotten mad? Have you ever gotten ticked? The Bible says you can be angry and sin not. You have that emotion. He gave it to you. If Jesus can get mad and turn some tables over, I, th I think you can probably, there's certain things you can get mad at, and the devil's one of them. And his wiles, the things he does, you can get mad, you can get ticked, you can get angry, you can get upset. There are things that are happening that are more than just stubborn people or whatever they refuse to give or they refuse to do or they're just unkind or they're just rude. It's just the devil trying to put roadblocks up. None of it has to come to pass, at least not in your life. I found out that nothing changes the way it does as it does when we bind and when we loose. I didn't really understand that. But PK knows it. We know it in my house. I know it. We start binding. We start loosing. On earth, as it is. We start understanding authority. 
and we start making those things happen. Bottom line is God shines through. You have the authority to bind and loose. You have the authority to bind and loose. Well, I'm telling you, you're like, I don't believe that. Well, you better figure it out because when things start happening, you're going to try to grab it. If you got to go, oh, I got to go, I got to get my, well, I better study real quick. We are listening to a podcast on the way to church today. Do you know you can't cram for a harvest? How many ever went to school or college and you had an exam the next day? You spent most of the night studying because you're cramming for the information. Some, when, when stuff happens in the enemy, you, you got to just, you got to, you either know it or you don't. If you don't know where your Bible is or you don't have any of the word in you, you're going to have a real tough time. Well, I have been in situations where I was just the speaker for the week at youth camp. Just the speaker. I'm there to show the students God in a way, you know, to be, so they'll be, they'll have fun and all that. That's great. And what happens? We start ministering to people after the service, and things start happening. Demonic things start manifesting, and then it's like rubber meets the road. Where's your faith? Whom is greater? Whom do you believe in? And we started seeing God setting students free, and students are like, this is real. Yeah, baby, it's real. Ask the person that was just doing that, and all of a sudden, now they're in their right state. They seemed in their right state, and then all of a sudden, whammo. And then, then they're set free, and all of a sudden, they're, they're like, oh, my gosh. God came through as he promised. I know the word works. I wish I would have used it sooner. I wish I would have bound and loose things sooner. Some of us need to just take a stand and, and act on the delegated authority you have, and you'll see changes that take place that you're talking about. Growing up, even as a kid, you know we've raised our, our kids in this principle. My mom and dad raised me and my sister in this. Sometimes she would say, we have to do this. I'd say, I'm not doing that. We have to go clean the carport. Hated cleaning the carport. Carport had a little shed storage thing on it. Man, I'm telling you, you go into carport, probably... It was just spooky and creepy in there. And, well, Dad wants us to clean it and organize it and whatever. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And she said, Dad said. Guess what we end up doing? Cleaning the carport. Because that name carried authority. Your heavenly Father delegated power to you. So when you speak to the enemy, he hears him. You leave. He could say, I don't want to. Dad said, and he told me to tell you. He's got to go. Delegated authority. I've wasted a lot of time by not doing that. I've wasted a lot of time by not seeing results, and it was my own fault. The issue wasn't God. The issue was me. Now, in this life, you got to deal with people. I get it. We all have people to deal with. It's not just a spiritual battle, but again, some of that's mixed. Some people are influenced by things. There's strongholds that demonic create. Let me just make some stuff clear and clear. Okay? We live in a society that now wants to please everybody. And I understand. And let me just preface this. I love everybody. Now, if you choose an alternate lifestyle, I do believe that is wrong. I believe it's not biblical, but I still love you. I've had people say, oh, they're, not, they're welcome here. I'm not going to preach any different because it's in the word. But when we have a, a, a country where people can't figure out which restroom to go into, I, it's wrong. Or if they're born a man, but they feel like a woman, women taking hormone blockers and either of them having surgery to remove things and try to change who they are, that's not normal. That is demonic. 
Now, if you're sitting here and you're saying, he's saying that because of this or this, I had this written days ago. So this isn't, if it's ringing your bell, it's not because anybody told me anything. It was already in my notes. We're at war with the enemy, not just a nation, but on a personal level as well. That's why the Bible says we are wrestling against demonic forces. The enemy is influencing people. This wokeness is trying to rewrite the morals that were created by God in this country. Not just this nation, but all over the Western world that has had a Christian base. And that's from the enemy. The enemy is threatened by the Christian base. We can't win it just to fight in the natural realm. We have to involve the spirit. So it's not just our physical. There's been world wars and all that. Hitler was trying to take us. He was sick. We had to put our hand to it. Men and women gave their lives for godly freedom. This country was founded on the Bible and Jesus Christ. we got to keep ourselves in check. I'm not trying to judge. I'm just trying to state what's in the Bible. And again, everyone is here welcome. I just want to show the truth. That's all. I didn't make it up. I didn't even write it. It's in there. 1434 of Proverbs says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. When we start allowing ungodliness to run, you're welcoming demonic activity. Let's turn back. Let's look back. How many remember when they took prayer out of schools? They started changing things away from God. When the Constitution was written to vote, to hold office, you couldn't do it or be it unless you believed in the Protestant religion, unless you believed in God. You didn't believe in God. You couldn't hold any office of authority. That's how important it was back then. This nation was founded on Christian principles. That's what made our nation great. Now we have people trying to change that foundation. And it's allowing the enemy to do all kinds of things. It's not one or the other. We need to pray and bind and rebuke the spiritual, but we also need to put our hand to the physical. Sometimes we just deal in the natural and it's just too much, so we just concede. Whatever. Just easier. Tolerate. Whatever. Ephesians makes it clear who is opposing the kingdom of God. Now, all that being said, we have to not blow things out of proportion. What is bigger than God? Nothing. There is not a demon on every corner. I've had people that are so spiritual that they'd walk in someplace. There was demonic activity in here. Oh, there was this, there was that, there was this. Oh, this was done in this room and this and this and this and this and this. Okay, happy for you. But we're in here now. If we just cut this to the chase, if people, and you've heard me tell these stories, Pastor, I need you to come over. Will you come over? There's things that are happening in this house or in this room. I need you to come over. When you come over, if you bind and rebuke, will they go? Yes, they'll go, but so will I. And if you don't take authority, they'll come back seven times stronger. Every time you twitch or cough doesn't mean that's an enemy. But we have to balance things. You don't have to walk in fear. Listen to God's spirit and that's inside you and do what he says. Listen to me. Satan can't do anything to you without your permission or your cooperation. So if we're really going after God and obeying him with our whole heart, we don't yield to the enemy. We don't give him an inroad or an authority in our life. We don't have to be afraid. We just have to be aware and on guard. I want to be able to see him coming. So that I can see it or I can sense it in my spirit and I can say, okay, that's, a, that's one of those wiles. I'm putting up some defenses now. Colossians 2.8 says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit according to the traditions of men. According to the basic principles in the world, not according to Christ. Beware means to be on guard. Be at war. I'm telling you to be aware that the enemy is a factor because he, he wants to deceive you. Don't let him he's not the determining factor unless you let him be the determining factor if you want to believe the lie oh god made you this way this is what you can't find scripture to prove that 
We live in a world where you could be totally sold out to God, but everybody around you may not be. What's that mean, Brett? It means that maybe you get hindered because others don't believe the way you do. I get it. I get it. And you have to deal with that stuff. Sometimes that means war. Maybe it means court. At the very least, it just means recognizing that the enemy is at work so that you can stand where you need to stand, that you can bind, you can loose, you can plead the blood, you can begin to do and use the authority God gave you. James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Notice it says he'll flee from who? You. He'll flee from you. He doesn't flee from God directly. That, that battle's already been had. Jesus already won that. He's... He has to flee from you because he can't even come against God. You have a free will to exercise the things of God. Submit to the, to the Lord. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Because the power of God, that faith, that measure, the measure is in you. Jesus is absolutely Lord. Absolutely, Lord. End of story. That battle is already over. He is already Lord. And one day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess all the lies of the enemy. He'll be brought to naught. He'll have to lay himself down. And we get to kick his little crappy butt into the lake of fire. Boy, I'm thankful God has shared his authority with you and me. So the enemy isn't directly fighting against. He's, he knows what God said. He wants to know if you know. He's going to fight against you if you don't believe it. That's why he comes against you. He's using people to try to stop the kingdom of God. That's why it's so important for us to take and use our authority given to us by God. If we resist the devil and we're submitted to God, he will flee. The word resist means to actively fight against. If you're saying this, dear devil, please leave me alone. That is not resisting. This is not happening. Binding and loosing is commanding by the authority given to you by God. You have to resist. Tell the enemy you've come to take back ground that you should have never given up. And you're going to take it back and you're doing it right now. I just like, you know, if nothing else, tell them, hey, there's a new sheriff in town. You under arrest. <laughs> Get angry. Get what's yours. Take it by force. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. This is pretty cool because we've always used it this way. And it's true. Like, have you ever fought with your spouse? Guys, don't say anything. No, we never have. But if you've ever fought with your spouse, we always use that scripture to not let the sun go down. So we try to make up before the sun goes down. Does anybody else do that? Because we don't want nobody else. That's great. You're all staying mad at each other. <laughs> You don't want strife because the Bible says if you let strife in, you let in every evil work. You don't want that. So, you know, sometimes we still get mad, and sometimes we're not done being mad. You ever done that? You're still upset, but you're like, I still love you. I just, I'm just going to cool off. And, and so I love you. I don't want strife. I break it in Jesus' name. And, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, too. And inside, you're still kind of all like this, but you give that to the Lord. But you know what that scripture is also talking about? It's telling you not to quit being mad at the devil. It's telling you to don't give up. In other words, I'm just too tired. I'm done fighting. No, if it's about God and the devil's after your children or he's after whatever, you better just tell God, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to fight till I don't have any breath left in me. You're not getting the best of me. I will not let that sun go down. I will not stop fighting against the devil. I will not stop being mad at him. I will not stop hating the devil. I'm going to hate what God hates. I'm going to love what God loves. Keep my wrath and anger pointed at the enemy. 
If you're sick, take a stand against sickness. What's wrong? Take a stand against it. Refuse it. Speak life and wellness over yourself. Speak the end desired result. Get mad at the enemy because it's illegal to be happening to you. It's a violation of the covenant. Declare the goodness of God. Speak the end result you believe. See yourself totally free and well from this attack. God hates sickness. It's part of the curse. You don't have to have it. Now, I'm not saying I'm 100% great at all this. I'm still working. But greater is he that's in me. I will say, I've fought sickness, and I don't get sick very often. And when the first sign of a symptom, I don't lay down, and I'm like, whoo. Because I don't know about you, but the enemy comes at me just probably like he comes at you. So i got to stand against him. Are you with me? I will not. I will not. Allow the enemy to take over my house. I will not. You have the authority as the ability as well to fight back and get rid of it. Don't tolerate it. You want to see mad get mad? Enemy sees, or PK sees the enemy doing anything at work. She's like white on rice, man. She is Ugly on an ape or whatever. She's going after it. You know, you can tug on Superman's cape. Not a good idea. You don't spit in the wind. <laughs> don't pull the mask on the old Lone Ranger. And he better learn you don't mess around with Kim. Because she's like, whoa! I mean, he starts messing and out come the communion cups. Out comes the wafers. Out comes tea, juice, water. It don't matter. Hey, we got a covenant. It's on, baby. Because she's done. She's not going to let the sun go down on her wrath. She's going to stay mad and say, this is not of God. She will resist and he will flee. Sometimes he doesn't like it. He doesn't have a choice. Go at it head on. Bind and loose. Take no prisoners. A lot of us just do this. Well, it's flu season. The kids have it. We'll probably all get it. It's allergy season. You don't have to take that. I have people tell me, well, you know, this time of year, it's just, now please don't get mad at me. It's just my allergies. You want to call them yours? Not me. I'm not going to claim those as mine. I'm going to bind and loose. Father, I thank you. I don't have allergies. You'd be like, you live in denial. No, that's the river in Egypt. I don't live there, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm going to just start claiming the things of God. I'm going to speak health. And, and speak the desired end result. I'm not going to be crazy that people are like, oh, he's just delusional. Well, you live in your world, I'll live in mine. As long as mine's controlled by the word of God, I'm okay. I resist. I refuse to give the enemy position for anything. Help me today. I'm not going to allow him to do anything. Because if you give him an inch, he will take a, yes, he will. Don't give him anything. He can't function and win without my help, consent, or cooperation, so I'm not going to give him anything. And I, for one, am not giving him my help or cooperation. I'm just going to be, nope. I'm going to do that Diana Ross thing and say, talk to the hand. Stop in the name of love. God is love. Stop. Things aren't always the way they appear, are they? There's demonic power at work in the world operating in the spiritual realm. We have authority, but it has to be used. We have to put it into practice. We have to put our hand to it. You have to actively fight against him. Just telling God to resist him won't work. Asking God to heal you isn't going to work either. Because Jesus told us to speak to the mountain. We don't have to tell God. We're not begging God for something we already have. We already have authority we already have the, the faith, and we can already receive the healing. Jesus already died for it. So we have to resist. We must fight. God has put that in your hands and my hands. You activate it by faith. Your actions coming into agreement with what God has already done and provided. 
But if we don't do it God's way, guess what? He doesn't flee. He doesn't have to. Because God is bigger. If we don't use what God has given us, greater is he that's in me. What's going to make him go? Most of the world in the church do it their way. I grew up, Burger King had that, have it your way, have it your way. At Burger King, hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special Lord. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. You can't treat the enemy that way. Slap his hair and pull his eyes out. <laughs> you take authority. If it isn't working, <laughs> the world is finding out it doesn't work just to let the enemy off. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I'll have to come up with that jingle more often. They're sick. They're depressed. They're angry. They're offended. They're broke. They're fearful. Nothing is working. It's why? Because they're not doing it God's way. You can't do it your way. You didn't go to the cross. Your sacrifice wasn't what did it. Jesus's was. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All power, he said, was given to him. And he has delegated it to you and me. So to apply that authority and that power, we have to submit to God. And we are submitted to God, then the enemy, we can resist him and the enemy cannot get in. Let me ask you this, and I'm closing. If what you're doing isn't working, why do you fight so hard to keep it? If what you're doing, you still are broke, busted, disgusted, depressed, feeling helpless, why do you keep doing it? The people that got free, they're like, I wish I had did this a long time ago. Remember the guy that Jesus touched? 38 years. And Jesus just walks up. Well, let me just say, whether not Jesus, but Jesus in them, walks up. I don't have anything, not silver, not gold. But what I have, I'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise. And, and he went walking and leaping. Tell him it doesn't work. I prayed for a, a woman one time, and the Lord had given me a, a, a word that there was somebody in the sanctuary. She had a hip problem, an older lady. Church was, it was a good church, I guess, I mean, but it was steeped in man's religion. Everything had to be a certain way. Folks, can I tell you, as we reach what God is wanting us to reach, there are going to be people that are going to come here that don't have the, the same lifestyle that's in the Bible. They should be able to feel at least they're welcome. I want them to come. I love them. I'm not, I'm just saying, it's in the book. It's wrong. I can't help that. I didn't write the book. So my job is to show you the truth. That's it. If you don't want to change, I can't make you change. I'm not going to condemn you. You'll do that yourself. Does that make sense? They'll come in, there'll be people that come in that won't be dressed the way that you think is right. Maybe they smell. We've had that. We've had people come in, they, they haven't taken a bath for a long time. Maybe they've been homeless. A lot of people in church would be like, and we've seen it. Well, it doesn't cost much for a bar of soap. Dude, if all you needed was 50 cents, but you ain't got two pennies, 50 cents might as well be $50 million. But I think Jesus would take you dirty or not, don't you? And so should we. So I want you to hear my heart here. I'm not trying to be judgy or anything. I don't want you not to come. I want you to come. But I wouldn't be worth my salt if I didn't tell you what the book says. Gets back to this lady. So the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. I called her out from the crowd. And she had her hip was out of, I've told you this story before, some of you, 
her hip was out of place. And so when she came up, I prayed for her. The Lord told me she needed to make laps around the sanctuary. Which is kind of weird because, I mean, I'm not the Lord, obviously, but I'm like, okay. So I said, I feel like God wants you just to, to walk around. I want, he wants you to walk around the outskirts of the sanctuary. Now she had, a, she walked like this. So she starts doing that. Everybody was okay with that. Why are we okay with sickness and, and that? Why? So they're okay with her doing that. Second lap around, she was doing this. Third lap around, she's doing this. By that time, she's got a white hanky out, and she's going, woo Now they're upset. Come on. They're upset because she's running in church. <laughs> she wasn't upset. There were just a few. Do you know a lot of times just a few will try to run a crowd? Well, all these people say, have you ever found out all these people might be one or two? <laughs> you know what we told them? Get over it. She was healed. We had another lady that had been a dancer in a bar. I don't, I don't know all the dances or any of that, you know. But anyway, she, she came to church, got invited, came to church. God miraculously saved, gave her life to Jesus. Her life was a mess. And God later healed her of cancer. I mean, she had cancer, and she's like, they told me I'm not going to. I'm like, that's not what God says. Prayed for her. Then she went back, no cancer in her body. The doctor's like, what? But she gets saved. Now, she was coming to church in short shorts and stuff like that. Now, I get it. I understand. But she got saved. That's when she got saved. And then afterwards, there were was, there was people that loved her, that knew her, invited her to church, said, hey, man, this is so awesome. And they helped her wear a little bit more appropriate clothing. Is that okay? I think it was okay. She didn't know any different, but she got saved, and she was so excited. I remember her jumping. I remember her face changing from dark to light. It just came over her face. She goes, Pastor, I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. I just feel like dancing. I didn't even think about it. I just said, well, I guess dance, sis. Well, she, whatever. They didn't like that. But I said, get over. Well, she didn't dance for a long time, I mean, obviously, but still, she was just so excited. That's the only way she knew how to dance. So we kind of helped her. But you know what? She was saved, and she was a wonderful person. She was so full of God and so happy. She was helping anybody, telling anybody about Jesus. Authority. Authority. You can let the enemy continue to run roughshod over you, or you can have enough. You can stand up, and in this series, I'm going to keep week after week just punching this devil in the nose, showing you the authority of God. You will be able to apply it, take your houses back, but in a godly way, and start living happy. I like being happy, don't you? So let's just, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Those online, you